I have no idea why there was a load of random sound then. Apologies, we don't do this that often. Uh, welcome to a um, off-the-cuff DN35 podcast. Uh, we weren't going to do one. Uh, Bruce is in Skeg. Uh, Mike's got a bit going on and Sam is walking home. So we weren't really thought we were going to do it. But to be honest, the worry was that it's just going to become the same as it is. As the, t- as the season sort of peters out to, you know, it's eventual climax of mid-table safety or mediocrity, depending on where your your, your viewpoint is. Um, we were really looking towards you guys actually to come in and, you know, break up the monotony of us talking about uh, the uh, the wrongs and the rights of Michel Fete, essentially, which is what this would have been if it was just me and Sam. Uh, so please do, you know, raise your hand, come in. Uh, we want your opinions on 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 yesterday's game against Tramir, which Town lost two nil. Uh, what the new season will, uh, what you, what you expect of the new season coming up, uh, what your general thoughts of the season have been, and um, whether you know there are genuine genuine. Uh, reasons for concern or if you know uh more of in sort of my way of thinking is you know it's it's building it's slow slow progress and um uh we, we'll keep going first and foremost though before we do anything we must you know i hand out my condolences to brighton it could have been us uh sadly it wasn't uh they lost to on penalties to manchester united in the fa cup semi-final and to think we were a game away 90 minutes away from us having that thrown at us um, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse because I don't think I'd have been able to have uh, been at all stable watching us play a uh, FA Cup semi-final penalty shootout in front of us. So um, maybe it's a blessing we got um, thumped there. So please do come in, you know, raise your hand. I don't really know how it works, but um, I'm going to put Mike on to co-host if he wants to do that. I'm going to invite Sam in as well. I don't know if I can have two co-hosts or not, but um, it'll change it up. Sorry, guys. I didn't know I had to press buttons to do this. But um, So, yeah, Town lost 2-0. My general consensus before um, uh, we move on to what your thoughts were was that we played okay. Uh, we actually created a fair bit. I thought we were a better team for a lot of it. Um, uh, and it is the story of the season. We just don't have anyone capable of putting the ball in the net. Orsi had a great chance one-on-one. Um, uh, Luke, uh, Luke Waterfall was uh, pretty annoyed with himself for missing what I thought was a pretty d- decent chance. Um, we we created quite a bit, but Tramir had people that were ab- able to um, put the ball away. I thought it was a penalty. I thought it was soft, but I think if it, if it was an R end, I think um, we'd have been moaning that we don't get it. Um, and then they scored from a, a decent free kick from the new lad they've got there. So um, overall, I'm slightly disappointed, but not a not a massive not not, not a massive problem. Uh, but yeah, really keen to get your thoughts on it. Town losing two two nil yesterday, and your general thoughts on, on how everything's going. Mike, nice to see you. How are you? Sorry for dragging you uh, onto this for a short time. All right, mate. Yeah, how are good. you? I, I've tried to put. I've tried to make this studio more of a studio. And for my birthday, I got loads of this like foam that's meant to make it sound better. But um, the double-sided sticky tape I've tried to use for it, it's not worked. And on top of that, I also got some LED lights to try and give me some more light behind because where we do it from, it's quite dark behind it. It just looks like a Tarts boudoir. Um, so I've, I think I've gone wrong as these foam panels keep falling off. And it just looks like I'm in a either in a gamer's room or in a um, or in a, a very auspicious part of uh, the, of, of Amsterdam. 
it looks a bit dodgy, doesn't it? But I'll be honest, I, I've seen you and heard you, so the less the less of visuals and sound you can do, well, would that's be the why best. we're kind of doing this. So um, I don't really know how it works. Do you, people do just, you know, I think you just raise your hand, don't you? It would be great to have some people come in and give their thoughts because ours are, I'd like to think they're consistent. Sam, how are you? I'm all right, I'm mate. Good, how are my you? God, I thought you said you were walking home. You sound like you're in a, you sound like you're in an underground no. station. <laughs> well, there's sort of like a, a set of stairs. I'm literally just opening my door now to get in. Uh, I've been I've been watching the Brighton Manchester United game at the pub, so um, I've, I've raced home to do the podcast. Never doubt my dedication to the N35. It's never been in doubt, my friend. Never been in doubt. Oh, I've got to, I can't do that. Oh my God, Sam, what is that? Um, That's the door slamming. Uh, yeah, um, what was I was going to say, so I was there yesterday, um, I, I'd agree with what you said, in your sort of like opening salvo really, we played okay, had the better of the play, I think we were ahead on expected goals, as her said, we had more chances, but we lost the key moments and that's sort of like, again as her said, it's become too repetitive to be bad luck, there's a kind of inherent issue with our finishing or chance creation. And subsequently, it's so clear what we need to address. Then he went on to say how difficult that is going to be to find. Because the reality is, 22 of the 24 teams looking for exactly the same thing. And even with the cut run money, even with record season ticket sales that are likely to fall a little bit, not as much as some people think, but a little bit next season, it's not going to be easy to find. Um, So it's kind of frustrating on... The one hand in isolation and also frustrating kind of more uh, sort of like broadly that it's no given we're going to kind of miraculously fix this over the summer. I'm surprised you get anything done at work. That phone is terrible. Are you rubbing your keys up against the speaker? Do you want me to carry on? (laughs) I can if you like. Are you living in a bucket or something, mate? What's going on? Don't think I know. So. I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just in my flat with my earphones. Maybe I know you've got a small flat, but is it, is it? I know you've uh, got a small flat, but is it a bucket? No, it's not. A, it's not. But it's not that. It's not that far off. Actually, London house prices, thanks to kind of failures of house building for many years since about I don't know 1997. Oh, for God's sake, uh, five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> I have to get my. Normally, it's you having a pop at me. I'm, I'm, I'm having reverse at that tonight. But um, bringing it back to the football. I sensed actually yesterday a in his post-match interview a kind of fundamental frustration from Hurst with what his players can or more personally can't do. Can I he sort of can didn't I... blame Gav for the penalty at all? He basically said the lad, the striker, he's up there by himself. There's no one around him. He won't interest in running behind, and yet we're on the edge of our six-yard box, almost trying to defend it. Um, I sensed a kind of he. Then not players what? are not doing what they tell he, he's telling them to do. Or maybe they just can't do what he's telling them to do. Aimed. I'd rather it was I... the, sec- the, 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 the latter, because the former implies that uh, the players have stopped listening to him. I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, but, I thought that, I thought that general that frustration was me that aimed at... He's going to be a lot oh, more my... ruthless in his retained list. Am, mute- am let... I muted? No, but I've muted him for you, mate. Carry on. <laughs> I was just going to say, I agree with Sam on that. And I, I, I would, I was going to let him have this. I thought that was aimed at Daniela Warsi. I thought that he's he's clearly not very impressive, him given the time he gives him on the pitch. 
And then yesterday he was talking about players not taking their tranches. And I, I agree with you, Sam. I thought that was aimed at Danilo at times. I'm sure it was more rounded as well. But I thought that was aimed, like you give them the opportunity and they just don't take it. No, I can't start him. Is he there? <laughs> Whatever was making that noise has finally killed him. He's fallen in the hole, hasn't he? I, I don't know. But I agree with Sam with saying that. I think Hurst has got... And this is another one that we need to open up to everybody here as well. because um, I'm still here, by the way. I know, well, I, I was throwing oh, it back to you. I agree with you on, on the interview. I, I just thought that frustration was aimed quite scale, square, squarely at Danilo Orsi. Is Alex gone? Is he still there? This is very professional, this is. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, we can hear each other. Is it just you? I can't hear Alex, no. Oh, you might have to. If you jump off and then jump back on again. But it'll be an opportunity for everyone else to jump in as well. So I thought that was aimed at Danilo Orsi. And I've said that about 15 times. Um, Who do you think it was aimed at, Alex? (laughs) Well, if it's anything to do with town and shooting, it was aimed at someone, but it missed. Um, It's... um, it's just, it's an interesting point. And, and Hurst has got a bit of work to do for next season. We're talking about strikers to come in. We've got, um, you've got to imagine that, um, obviously, McAtee's gone. And, and I mean, here's the thing. You're talking about a dereliction of duties. We, you're just looking through as the season comes to an end. McAtee, 22 games started, five off the bench in the league, four goals. So, 20, you know, four goals in, in 27 matches is just not good enough. Uh, Ryan Taylor, not too dissimilar. 21 starts, eight come off the bench, three goals. Um, you know, John Lewis scored more in the relegation season uh, in that f- short period than, um, than, than than they've done. So you're looking at those guys at the front. And then on top of that, you know, Danilo Orsi, three starts, 18 off the bench, one, one goal. Um, you know, I mean, Louis, Louis Richardson's got that in six starts and four. Uh, so, you know, up front, you've got to imagine this is Ryan Taylor's last season. McAtee's going. I think Orsi will go. I don't think Hurst likes him. I think he'll go on loan. Um, and then you're already looking for three strikers, never mind what we think we're already missing, which is, you know, a big bruiser up front. So he's looking at essentially four four to come in. I'm, do you think I'm far off that? No, I think I think you're quite right. I think fundamentally, next season, it's an entire rebuild of our forward line and wide areas and up front. The only player I can think that that he's going to fancy next year from, from how he's how he's played this year is, is Khan out wide. Now, he'd probably, probably play Harry out wide, but I don't I don't think that's sort of long-term Harry's position. Other than that, there's there's nothing really that, that is going to either be here next season or you would really want to be here next season. As much as I love Ryan Taylor and, and what he's done, I think he's... he's, he's um, He's been a bit of an unsung hero last year. I don't think he's somebody you want to be building around. Um, he obviously doesn't fancy Orsi too much. So you're just looking at you've got Khan. So you're going to have to be getting a good few number of strikers, a few wide players, somebody in the middle of midfield that can play the ball. Um, you know, we need a, a, another ball player in the middle. So you're starting to think maybe it's not as not as small a, a window as we thought it would be. I think we've got the foundations. We seem to do everything right. But the final third, you know, the composure like yesterday, 
Clifton's got the ball out wide. He's got two players to pick from for a ball in the middle, and he goes in the he, he plays it in between both of them. And it's just whenever we get up the top end of the pitch, it's it's like we're panicking or we don't have that that clinical edge to to pick a pass or put the ball in the net. So fundamentally, next year it's quite a big rebuild in the forward areas. Midfield's going to need some improvements, and you're going to have to do a few things in defence. So um, we're going to see quite a bit of activity in the summer, I think. Um, Mike or Sam, who was it of you guys that had the request from Pre- Preston North End to do 400 words on Mikey O'Neill? That was Mike. That wasn't me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> How are you going to get it done, Mike? He came, he saw, he conquered. There you go. Six words. <laughs> the, the daft thing is, I've got a friend from, from another office. It was a, it was a big. Preston. You ain't got friends. Hang on, you ain't got friends. <laughs> a big Preston, as big a Preston fan as I am, town fan, and he said he he told me that Mike O'Neill had come and tear up League Two, and then he just didn't believe me. I told him that he in the small, admittedly very small dose we've seen him, he's looked hopelessly out of his depth and just not ready for. I don't think he's a bad player. Just he just doesn't look ready for men's football. I said um, maybe he meant tear up, not tear up. Tear up now. <laughs> no, um, no, that, that, that was name. That was Neymar. Lucio, come on, talk about it. We, no one will hate you for it. So Lucio says, please don't hate me, but I don't rate Khan if we're to progress. For me, we need to try and get Lloyd on a permanent. And and that was another one that I should have added. That I don't think we'll get Lloyd. I think the statistics suggest you never really buy a lone player, and um, so never I, fall I, in love with a lone player. Never fall in love with a lone player. One oh one, Grimsby Town fan. One oh one. Plus one of the strikers, he'll, he'll push him and Orsi. I'll rate them both. Plus a couple of wingers if we are to play with wingers. I think we do need some wingers. We certainly yeah. miss we I miss Kieran Green and we miss Enrico Souza. Kieran Green? Is that a combination of Kieran Green and Brendan Kiernan? Yeah, that was it. Sorry, I always do that. Yeah. Brendan Kiernan, my apologies. We, we, you know, we, we, do miss, we do miss the wingers because we're not direct. You know, if we get the ball, it's not like... We, we don't have many people that will run at a man. You know, ha- Harry winning will. the ball... In, yeah, but, but not it. not with a great pace. He's not got a great pace. He's got an engine, but he's not going to glide past people. You know, like a Vernon. You know, if he gets the ball one on one, he's knocking it past, and he's going, he's going outside, and we don't have much of that. And I, I, I actually understand the point about Khan. Um, he showed flashes of real, real brilliance really this season, but not enough. He's been very sort of bitty, sort of coincided coincided with his with his injury. So he's not torn the world up. Um, he's had stages in the season where he's been really good and effective, but not enough. So every single make... every single one of the players up front is, can't, you know, can't sort of rest on the laurels. They're not guaranteed to be to be first choices next season or even here. I don't think, and I think Luke is Luke isn't wrong with that. I think you could probably make that argument for absolutely every player because none of them have yeah. been consistent enough to say they warrant a starting place in the eleven next season. If there are, apart from probably Harry Clifton, in my 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 opinion. But if um, you know you've got, if there's an opportunity to get better out there, then you get them. Whether it be a Matt, Josh Emmanuel didn't do himself much favours yesterday. I hope Sam's happy with that one. Um, and um, yeah, I think it's <laughs> that's it's not... an argument you can make for all of them. Hold on, I'm not saying I'm happy with that. I'm just saying I, all I said was is for transparency that if Misha Effetti had played like Josh Emmanuel played yesterday, there would have but... been an uproar. That, that's what that's what hang I said. On, hang on, what now? What, what I said to you is if Misha Effetti hadn't played like he does a lot, you know, he wouldn't do. The reason Mishy gets a lot of grief is because of the number, the accumulation of poor performances. Josh Emmanuel hasn't hasn't accumulated them, so he doesn't get it. Now, if he keeps doing that every single week, he's going to start getting it. 
it, it was Missy, Missy over time has developed that, and every time he does something else wrong again, now we all think, oh, same old, same old. But Misha doesn't do that much wrong. People just look for things that Misha does wrong. There's a, there's a kind of, oh, Misha does something wrong, bang. Misha does something wrong, bang. Let's, the, the, it's, when you're saying when you're saying Misha does something wrong, bang, I assume that's the team, the opposition scoring, is it? Yeah. Not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. <laughs> you're not really doing your argument much good, Sam, by saying every time he does something wrong, because you're admitting he does things wrong it, quite a lot. He's a lower league defender. And look, I was... I was he's, he's flawed. So he's at the not start of the perfect. season... At the start of the season, I was with you, mate. I was like, I think, I think it's his first season. I think he needs a chance. But over this season, I've progressively got more and more into the into the camp that I don't think he's good enough. I, don't, I, I think he's too many mistakes, losing his men in the box, or making rash challenges, or missing a man, or being out of position, or losing possession of the ball. It's just too many times. Now, if he if he comes back next year and he tears it up, you know, I'll be first one to say what what a dick I am. But just over time this season. I've come round to the decision from... What a dick you are. You know, he's, he, I just don't think he's good enough. I like the lad. I just don't think he's good enough. Now, it, it, it is strange, isn't it? Because he, he doesn't look as remotely comfortable on the ball in and around the box as he did when he was in non-league. I, I'll concede that. Agreed. Um, and I, I think that must be a confidence thing as much as anything, or the pitch, maybe. Um, I love the, do you think he's missing a, a fast person in front of him? You mean like, him and yes, Enrico Sousa had a hell of a partnership. That might have something to do with it. Um, I, I don't know. So maybe he'd benefit from a winger in front of him next year. But I, I agree with the consensus regarding the fact that I, I flip between we're two or three, three or four players off being right there and then simultaneously going, hang on a second, we're eight or nine players off here. Um, Sam, Sam, he yeah. probably needs two wingers in front of him, mate, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, very, very clever. Um you know, you know what I mean. He's, Is he's anybody a... else? Yes, yeah, someone else, Is please. Else? O- o- otherwise, just the same. We're having the same argument every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do come on if you've got any opinions on it. We we want to open it up. There's been enough, you know, non love of the of the podcast this week. So we would quite like anybody else to bring in their opinion if they wish to. Uh, the floor is open to you because yeah, an- anon- anonymous questions only. Yeah, anonymous question. Maybe I'll, I should. Maybe hang on. Maybe we should create an an anonymous account and just start sending our own questions in. Yeah. How dare uh, you Taylor's do a podcast because you don't you don't live on Grimsby Road? Hang on. How do I do this now? He says he's requested, and now I can't click it. When I click him, there we go. I've done it, mate. Leave the technical stuff to me. You just concentrate okay. on the good looks. I'm becoming an old man, Taylor. Thank you very much for joining us and breaking up the monotony. Hey, how are you? Um, how are you all? Are You're you? right. Yeah, good, thanks, mate. How yeah, not too bad. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't catch much of the tram there because my lad was kicking off. But I saw, his, I saw the penalty was given, and I thought it's gonna be one of them days where it's not going to turn our way. Uh, I think I agree with Mike because I, I, I don't mind if it because I did one game this season. It was Hartlepool, probably the worst one to pick. Um, I, I mean, Fete is okay. I think this season is his confidence is rock bottom, definitely. You know, getting groaned up week after week, and I think he just needs time. Yeah, he might just need that extra season just to give him that push. You know, he knows what this league is going to be about. He could work at it in pre-season. Maybe he'll change it. But I don't know. Um, for up front wise, I, I'm happy to give Taylor maybe another contract as a rotation, maybe as a last resort. Maybe you know, like Route One. Launch it all through. Send the big bastard on, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, because in the League Two, yeah. League Two standard is always look for the tall guy up front. You know, ping the ball to him. 
and see what you can do with that. But I think there's a couple of players I'm not happy with. You know, Khan, I think he's not been that great. I think he's a bit overrated when he came to us. But I don't know what you guys feel about that one. I personally, I haven't really formulated much of an opinion on him, which is probably just as damaging as it is, you know, safe, graceful for him as it is. I don't know what the, the other guys think, but um, I, I, considering he's coming with it as a tricky, you know, tricky inside winger, he hasn't really done it. But that, there's nothing to suggest to me that he wouldn't if he had the people around him. But um, maybe I'm wrong. Mike? He's... he's... He's shown he's shown flashes, hasn't he? I think he's benefited from being the best of the uh, best of, of what's there. You know, other people have have been a lot worse, and we've, we've created a, uh, haven't created enough. And I think he's been the best of a bad bunch so far. So I think he's benefited from that. Um, if you put him in another team in League Two, you know, it, it would probably um, show up. But because he's the best of what we've got, he's probably got away with some criticism around his his sort of uh, consistency. I just think you know when we played Mansfield that that. You know, he had a golden opportunity. I think he had two, I think. But he was quite a one-on-one almost. And I, I just thought, you need to be burying them, you know, with the chances he's got. And I thought, the calibre of the player, he's been in League 2 in and out. And I thought, he's got to do better than that. But I think there's a couple players that you're going to be looking at moving on, like Morris. I think he's OK. But I think we can't deal with the OK of, like, you know, one or two games in the season. He needs We need consistency going forward. But this season, I think it's just about staying up get the foundations right. He, Hurst knows what he wants in the summer, hopefully, hopefully, and then build on that. And that's what I'm hoping for, really, is this summer and then this season coming forward. I think that's going to be the biggest uh, expectation, really. Yeah, I think I think you're right, mate. I mean, we, we all over the pitch, we've got OK players. It's next season, we want more than OK players. So people like Morris, yeah, he is OK, but we want more than that going forward next season. So yeah. I think especially listening to Hurst yesterday, he seems to have made his mind up about a few that were in the team. And I think there's going to be some difficult decisions because some plays he's going to get rid of. You could think, oh, they're all right. But we need more than, yeah, they're all right, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this season, I was very happy just to take mid-table. As long as, you know, we avoid relegation, we don't, we're not even talking about relegation. I thought, that'll be a brilliant season for us. And, you know, we've been on FA Cup run. I thought, you know, that's a beyond what we probably expected for anyone anyone out there who thinks we should have done better, no chance. But to be mid-table, first time of asking, not even thinking about the, what be, what's going behind us or below table, I think that's a successful season for us. I think next season, maybe just go for, maybe reach that playoff space. And I'm a bit wounded now that Wrexham have promoted. I feel like they might do a back-to-back like Stockport looking like. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think we just need to forget Wrexham next season. I mean, aren't the FFP rules in League Two even more lax than they are in the non-league? And given their revenue, they're going to also blow us all out of the water. So it's, yeah, just, it's ridiculous. So it's just going to be impossible to even consider competing with them. I just want to kind of go back to something you said about um, the foundations are in place. I kind of I agree with you that the, that that's what you want. But for me, you talk about the foundations. You mean the spine of the team. And for me, if you're talking about the spine of the team being the keeper, the centre-half, your central midfielder, you've got your striker. Taylor, Green, Waterfall and um, Croken. There are question marks to varying degrees, to varying degrees, I want to emphasise that, about all of them in terms of their ability to kind of take us to the, the sort of the upper echelons of this league. I don't, I don't know what 
what, what you you pose the point. What, what do you think of that? I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's a similar way of thinking what I was thinking. But I mean, I, I come back to the takeover in general. You know, it was all right. Then you know, at the start, thought they might just give it the top, but the, you know, they've done what they said. They're trying to build a community, and I think I said at the start of the season. I said the players we've got is everyone's opinion, but. I feel like these players look like they want to play for the club. You know, it's not about like just picking up wages in the past where they didn't look like they was happy to be there. And I think especially with the the run of the FA Cup, what massively helped. I think that's just brought a a better foundation for the club going forward. <clears throat> I, I yeah. I... I agree. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Just back on what Sam said, Alex, um, I think one or two of the players, maybe not the ones you mentioned, but one or two of the players that are probably in the OK bracket, I think they look they look better overnight with better quality players in the middle. Um, you know, so I don't think it's necessarily just them. It's if we have better quality around the pitch, it then makes other players look better. Do you think Hunt will get better? Sorry. And to counter that argument, sorry. Sorry. Um, do sorry. You, and the prob- I lost them. Sorry. I lost them all probably spent in terms of physically because of how much football they've played in the yeah, last two yeah. seasons. Um, Hunt will look better with better players around him, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think if you get a midfield that can sort of do do, do his running for him, um, he, yeah. he he'd look a quality a quality prospect. What one little example a couple of games ago? I can't remember what it is, and it's it's not a massive example, but it's stuck in my head. Is we were playing the ball out wide to Glennon, and it was it was constantly behind him, and then he was having to go back, yeah, having to pass back. We was losing momentum. As soon as Hunt came on, just slight difference, the ball was three or four yards in front of him, and he was able to get past his get past his fullback and get across it. That's the small di- that's the differences we don't have. The quality in the final third two. If it needs to be in front of somebody, it's in front of somebody. If it needs to be defeat, it's defeat. It's just that quality we don't have, and with that small change, Glennon looked better. Right? Gladden looked better five minutes later in the game because the ball's being played to him in a position where he can turn out, get past his man and swing the ball in. And it's, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Little things like that. I think that you're, a big, you're a big fan of Glennon, aren't you, you Mike? Um, I say he'll have die on. The man's a legend. The, the, other thing, <laughs> the other thing that would help Alex Hunt, I think, is the quality of the pitch at Blundell Park, frankly. Well, the pitch was, the pitch was pretty good at Tramier. Uh, yeah, but to be fair, once he came on, the game had gone, hadn't it? So I, I don't think we can hold him accountable <laughs> accountable for yesterday. It's entirely his fault. That's my that's my uneducated opinion on the whole thing. Uh, I'll be honest, my my, my I waned on that when I'm watching it. You know, uh, started watching other things instead. <laughs> I was there. I started what I started looking at my phone, seeing what the York results were because I'm I'm looking at the, the the National League relegation battle. That was more intriguing. But it'd be great to get other people's thoughts on on what changes they want to see in the seat in in the new season. Um, you know, I think in in all the people I talk to, maybe I just live in a massive echo chamber. I think everybody understands where we are. I don't think there's a massive clamour for for problems. I think I think at home it would be nice if it was a slightly more entertaining, and I think people would prefer a couple more wins. But um, you know, we're still looking at highest finishes, and I think people understand we're probably came up quicker than we, we should have done and we've got a team that mostly consists of a squad that finished 6th, 7th in National League last season um, however sort of amazing they were in the in the playoffs and the, the knockouts so I don't know, I just think it's nice to just hear that people don't think that and if, if you've got a different opinion and you want to bring your thoughts in please do because 
we want to hear from as many of you as possible instead of just me, Mike and Sam talking. Taylor, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Is there, is there anything else you want to add before? before no, we... I was going to say was. <laughs> you think, you think go... <laughs> Sorry, um, no, no, I'm saying maybe, you know, when you're saying we got promoted quicker than we did, do you think yeah. that might have come into play massively with the squad and the, I think that definitely comes into play because yeah. even at playing yeah. home, it's, we're playing way, I think we're playing cautious because he's like sceptical about, you know, I think you'd rather get the point than lose, but I get the point of entertainment. I think, I think you're right, mate. I think we came up, we, we went down and we had to build a National League team. So we had to change change a lot of things around. And he built a National League team that came up. Maybe a surprise, but it came up. He's then got to take that National League team that finished six. Um, he's got to turn that into a competitive League Two team. So in terms of this season, when you look at what's your goals for your first season back in the EFL, number one, be competitive and stay in the league. Well, we've put a massive tick next to that. Next season is where we've got to refine what we've done last summer and say, right, we need a team that's going to do a little bit more now because we've yeah. gone from a team that's got relegated, a team that's got promoted. That's a lot of turnaround in, in quality of the team to be doing in a couple of windows. So um, he's done the first thing he had to do, get up, stay up. And that's what we've done. Everything else needs to come next. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Anybody else for any more? Because it'd be great to have someone else on. I don't want. I don't want to be greedy. So I'm just going to say I want to be four four three next season, and I'll pass the mic to someone else. <laughs> okay, great. I mean, Mike, it'd be good to get you come on if you want to, Mike Warden, the only one that's sticking around. You know. Um, the Wirral t- tomorrow, so that must be a you know a bit of an is- interesting one. Uh, Fred, Fred's on. Fred, great to have you on. What are your All thoughts right, on the season and, and what's coming up? Um, hi, mate. Um, just going back to the first thing you said about yesterday, um, not yet, yeah, yesterday, the game. I thought, I thought we pretty much showed what we was about. I thought it was a lot better than them, and we conceded a penalty and a free kick, which I think the keeper should have saved. So I think ninety percent of the teams in the league are pretty much like Tranmere and a bit like us. One day we're ace, the next game we're absolutely shite. So I think that's pretty much the season summed up for me. The table certainly sort of consists of that. I'll just bring it up in a second, but I think sort of between tenth and eighteenth, it's all pretty much of a muchness. What have any points? Uh, Swindon on fifty-eight, and then uh, Crew on fifty-one. So seven points sort of separate that sort of mid-table gaggle um, where, you know, you're a win or two away from it and we would have been, you know, uh, running away with it in 10th. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. What's your thoughts on what needs to happen in the in the summer? One of the things that I, I heard recently, which was pretty interesting, was I think in her tenure, this is the first time in April he knows exactly what league we're going to be in for next season. That was me who said that. Uh, well, it was very well put, Don't Sam. Stop me, I'm Sam. impressed. Um, with that as well, um, I think he, I think he's just going to pull some random players that none of us have ever heard of, and they'll end up being stalwarts in the team like he always does. Like you could name five or six players that everyone wants, but he's going to pick some random player from Wealdstone who will score twelve goals for us or on the wing or something. It's always how he seems to do it, which is really random. But if it seems to work, then I'm all for it. Uh, do you think that the the head of recruitment and the extra time will afford him to kind of sign some players that um, we perhaps otherwise wouldn't he'd never thought of before, or 
he's always picked out players that we've never heard of or never considered. But do you think that kind of might, he might take to even more extremes this summer? Um, maybe, but I feel like with Hurst, it's always been the same. He's always been so hands-on and you've always heard it from coaches and um, players who have worked in within the club. He's so hand like he doesn't like delegating anything to his staff or he's always at games, he's always scouting midweek. Like he doesn't seem to let other people have the say. I could be completely wrong, but that's just what the vibe you seem to get. So I don't know really. I I think he'll know exactly what he wants, but whether he's gonna be able to get that or not, then it's a different question. Like Luke Armstrong, I've seen at least ten different fans from ten different League Two teams say that they want him, but every single team that wants him can't have him. So there's going to be a lot of disappointed people in the summer, I think. He'll go to League One, won't he? Given that how how thin on the ground strikers have become, and what is he the third or fourth top scorer in League Two this season? Someone will take a punt on him just in the hope that he comes good, um, and we can't compete with that. I hate to be a sort of negative negative on this, but I think I'm just being realistic, really. I I completely agree with you. I don't think there's. I, I realistically don't think we sign Luke Armstrong, and that's not because. Why, that's not because Harrogate are a bigger club than Grimsby Town. I think it's the fact that he is an out-and-out number nine, a big man up top who's got a bit of pace and can finish. And you don't get that in League Two or someone that's proven in League Two who can actually do that. I also think that at, like there'll be teams willing to pay more money than what he's actually worth. There'll be someone like Mansfield who might take a punt on him who would pay a quarter of a million pound when Town might want him for 100000 He's still got two years left on his contract as well, which is a big thing that people don't realise because for a club to have a striker as decent as Luke Armstrong, they're not just going to throw him around for 50 grand or let him go on a free. That, just because you're a bigger club than him, it don't really work like that. Happy if he goes to Mansfield. Might we, we can get Jordan Bowery, which would be perfect for the way her side set up. But <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's loads of names that you can throw out that would be absolutely ace for us, like the tall man up top that's... Armstrong to name one. There's Umru who's probably going down. Another. There's also Quigley who would be an awesome player to sign. But it's whether we can actually secure that when all these other clubs in League Two will definitely be looking for the same players that we're looking at. Christy, uh, well, apart from my in-ear Effion, which is the one I always bang on about, Christy Manzinga, who's been playing at Linfield, is a very decent player. I think he's gone to Korea over the summer. So, um, I would be quite interested in getting him in. Um, he's uh, quite a force, but granted, that's in the Northern Ireland Premier League. So, God, uh, that'd be a, that'd be left field if if Hurst went for that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving my scouting this season. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a football manager signing to end all football manager signings if that happened. That, we need <laughs> we need uh, we need Joss on, don't we? We need what's our Scandinavian view? What's our football manager? <laughs> Harland's <laughs> brother. He's pretty good, isn't he? Oh I don't know. I know nothing about Scandinavian football <laughs> at all. On um, Ineffiong as well. Like that's a player that I've always watched in, especially in non-league, and thought, what a player. But he never seems to like coming up north. Like he had a little spell. I think it was Barrow yeah. early on in his career, and then he went on loan to Notts County a few seasons ago. But he's always in and around the London clubs. So it's a bit. It is a big thing. It's what everything always goes back to. It's location. Can we pull someone up? And at the end of the day, if he if he wants to play for all the London clubs because he's settled there and his family's there and he's got a house there, then we're never going to be able to drag him up. 
something that Alex has always mentioned, though, and is quite right. I mean, me and Alex and Sam, we all live in London. Is I, I don't understand don't go why. To games. Yeah, but but when you talk I've about done 30, locations, I've done thirty things, games, Alex. Stop this slander. When you talk about locations and things, living in London is going to be a lot more difficult for a League Two footballer than living up north. Um, so, in terms of what we have going for us, that is a positive. You know, if you're paying somebody what hundred grand a year, they're going to get an awful lot more for that hundred grand a year in 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 North East Lincolnshire than they're going to get in London. Um, so, it's about you know getting in the um, sort of shopping in the right markets and making sure we play to our strengths, which we do have, whilst understanding there are weaknesses to to our location and, and things like that. And as as Trey says, like with an, an ear, like he might just have a decent family base down in London, he's already settled and he doesn't need to move up here. So he's been at what? In my time down here, he's been at Woking and Oldershot. He's at Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, he's been sort of around where I am. Even... You know what I mean, I'll try and get a van and throw him in it. Sounds like a non-league striker as well to me <laughs> from, the clubs that you've, from the clubs that you've listed there without wishing we'll, Sam cynical. We'll, we'll put him in the back of the Berlingo, Alex. In the bingo. Charles Vernon's driving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it'd be good to, I mean, it's interesting to see where we'll be. And it's nice to, I mean, I think we all need a break. And, and this podcast is definitely going on a couple of weeks hiatus uh, when when the final season, final whistle blows. But um, it'll be interesting to see what he's done. Do you reckon he's got most of his targets already in line and, and, and ready to go the second the season ends? I think, he, I think he's got to. I think he's a very smart smart manager because there's a lot of people who just throw ridiculous shouts out like you don't know what he's doing you don't know what he wants I don't think any manager in football doesn't know what they want or doesn't know what they need it's just whether they can finalise a deal for that which isn't their job at the end of the day like if he wants he if he has 17 names like the fans forum we listed that he had like 17 players on his shortlist for the forwards and only nine wanted to speak to him about it like there's, I don't think there's much you can do about it. I think he'll know exactly what he wants as well, because I think everyone, all the fans know what we need. We, we all know we need someone who can put the ball in the back of the net, but every single team in the league does. There must be only six or seven strikers in the whole league that have more than 10 goals, and most of them will be on penalties as well. So, without, we'll get no penalties next year, but, like, I f- I think he knows exactly. We don't what score. We don't score him anyway. We don't score him anyway, Fred. What's the What's the point in getting? I know. Him? Yeah, it's it's never going to be as simple um, as as sign a twenty goal a season striker because a you know as you've said they don't really exist at our level too much and if they're doing that then there's a, there's a couple of reasons they're at league two um, and some of them probably we don't want them because of those reasons. Um, so it's about spreading spreading it around and investing wisely. So getting a few players that are going to chip in with eight, nine or 10 and spreading it around more because they're just, you can't just go and buy that 20 goal season striker. If you get a striker that scores 20 goals a season, it's because you've taken a risk. You've, you've gone and got a, a George Lloyd. Um, you've taken a risk and he's come good. You know, you're just not going to go and sign that straight and off the bat. I mean, won't Wrexham coming up? Is this an opportunity? They're going to, you know, go through, you know, spend a hell of a lot of cash again. Um, are we able to sort of pick up some of their off shots? You know, you never know. Uh, um, more, more the reserve striker we sign in. Yeah, I think I think we're Wrexham coming up next year and probably County. It makes the league a little bit scarier, I think, because this season I don't think there's genuinely been any 
out and out team and I know that's easy to say with Orient at the top of the table and they have been there the whole season but both times we've played them I've not been that impressed with them like there could have just been two off games but especially at Blundell Park we was the better team and it just baffles you how they can still be at the top all season when both times we've played them I haven't been like thought that was amazing and when next year with Wrexham coming in I just don't see any world that they don't absolutely walk the league and with County coming in and there's probably a 99% chance to sell Langstaff for a million pounds. They don't reinvest that and then also be one of the top seven. I could be wrong again, but I just don't see a world in which them two don't come in the league and finish in the top seven. I hope, I, I hope it's a Woking that come up or Barnet. It's not, it's, not, it's not just Orient though, is it? I mean, we won at Northampton. Stevens didn't look great. We've done the double over Stockport. We should have beaten Bradford at home. We're probably a little bit unlucky to lose at Bradford, um, Salford. We had a capitulate. None of the sides have looked great at the top of this league. But um, going back to your thing about Notts County, I mean, they might lose Langstaff and they might lose Rodriguez as well. I was sort of surprised he didn't go last summer as well. I, I wouldn't be that alarmed if Notts County came up in all honesty relative to Wrexham. But I'd say they're, I think you just need to forget them really. They're, they're, they're just they're just not going to be in the same stratosphere as us financially. Um, and you're right about Orient. I mean, we matched them for 60 minutes until a dodgy penalty in a world, didn't we, in the first game of the season? Mishi missed a great chance when it was nil-nil. Oh, I don't know. I mean, we did, you know, the score was equal, but I I remember watching that. I think, was I with you? I was, I was certainly with Mike. Going, I, I don't know. I think these were guys are pretty good. I wasn't doing the I wasn't doing the pod by that point. I'd not been introduced to the joys of this on a Sunday evening every week. It was a simpler, nicer time. <laughs> I, I I've offered political and opinion based diversity. It's my it's my role in life, mate. Well, we'll let that one roll. <laughs> um, some of the questions coming in and some of the thoughts coming in, and please do jump on with us because it'd be great to get yours as well. Um, Stephen McDade says this season was about staying up and consolidating. Next season is about starting to build a stronger squad. And the season after this, we will really push if we keep first. Um, Grimsby Exiles. Sam, you're worried about being negative. Grimsby Exiles is going, is anyone thinking we're in danger next year? I don't. I think we're going to be absolutely fine. I think I Adam, I think Adam's got his tongue firmly in his cheek there. Oh, is he? Okay, fine. I, I, I missed it. I, 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 I don't know. I could be interpreting that wrong, but I, I, I think Adam's just being mischievous there. Come and disabuse you of that that notion, please. If if you if that's what you think. Simon Hodson says he agrees with Fred. Uh, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing between any of the teams in this league. Rochdale gave us as tough a test as Leighton Orient did. Louis Grant has come in with his list of strikers, and I'll tell you something. Would be great is we we always focus on strikers, and I imagine every club does. But what are the other positions that we need to really look at improving? And where do you think they are? And if you've got any hot takes on what players they could be, do do drop them in. Louis Grant says, Danny Johnson, Josh Umara, Josh Gordon, uh, Dan Agewi, uh, all on double fingers this all on double figures this season, all free agents in the summer. Uh, and then I think that is it. Just give me 30 seconds, just have a quick scroll down. Uh, Simon wants to know if we can uh, crowdfund Sam some decent equipment. Tell you what's really nice this season, lads, to be at the end of the season with town. The first time in years for me, it's just a chilled out end of the season. I'm not stressing about going down. I'm not panicking about if we're going to win the playoffs or not. It's just a nice, nice chilled end, which I appreciate. Then we don't, 
don't know what to do with it, do we, Fred? We're just, no, and, and therefore, just we're sort of, we started rowing on Twitter, and, that, and that's, how, I don't and that's like how we it. sort of filled our time. I think it's nice to just have a chill. Anyway, someone, someone else wants to spit. It's going to be a long close season. It's good. I like it. I want a long close season. I want no football. We've got, the, want... ash- we've got want... the ashes. We've got the ashes. It's going to be great. I want to watch some county cricket. I want to watch some terrible Formula One. And I just, you know, want to zone out for a bit. The man behind the stats is here. GTFC Fanalytics, welcome. Thank you for accepting the invite. What are, what are your thoughts so far? And what has been, and, and what's your general consensus of the season? Yeah, hello all. Yeah, it's Andrew. Um, I thought I'd best uh, get out there and start speaking to people because I've been tweeting a lot and haven't put, voiced my opinion a bit. How are we? Um, yeah. Thanks, by the way, by the way, everybody, if you're not following this man, follow him. The the stuff he posts is brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Um, I'm well. I'm I'm really positive. I mean, I started off this with a bit of trying to. Um, trying not to be biased and I think I've become more biased to be honest towards Paul Hurst in terms of where we are and where we're at but um, I, I think we're in a really good position um, I'd spend like anyone else I'd spend the money um, up front I don't think I'd change too much about the squad to be honest I mean I know we talk a bit a little bit about Otis Khan but um, if you actually look at Otis Khan and his performances stats wise I mean he's one of the, the high contributors on XG and um, goal chance creation um, and he's played less minutes. He had that injury. Um, so I've got, I haven't really got too many issues with Khan. I think, you know, clearly clearly with Lloyd and McAtee, we need to get some replacements there. I, I mean, the, the Telegraph put out a statistic, and I don't know if you saw my comments about that, but, you know, generally I, I'm, I try and look behind the statistic and help try and inform people. I might get it wrong myself, but, um, it, you know, McAtee takes a lot of shots and he hasn't got a lot of goals. So, you know, um, his his start in that respect is actually quite overinflated, to be honest. As much as we all love him for what he's done, um, and even in the last five games uh, we've won, I think I don't think he's actually been on the pitch when um, we've scored goals to win the game. So I probably have to go back and check that. But that's probably my overarching thinking, really. I mean, in terms of position wise, um, we need a centre half. I think uh with waterfall potentially with his back and obviously we've got Mayer and Smith's going. So I mean I'd like to see a young centre half signed. Um and then a centre midfielder to help Hollohan in the middle there. Um I'd keep the the left backs, both Amos and Glennon. Um I'm an Effetti fan as you probably know, Alex, so we uh, definitely keep him. I don't know if we can keep Emmanuel, but um Unfollow him immediately if you just followed him. <laughs> does, does Ryan Bennett young centre half? Sorry? Does Ryan Bennett class as a young centre half anymore? <laughs> you can have them. I mean, look, I mean, yeah, definitely. <laughs> does he count as young? He was young when he was here, wasn't he? 16, wasn't he? Well, so... our, version, our version of Theo Walcott, who stays a young player forever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's, just, it's a challenging one, isn't it? Well, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know how far that money's going to go, really, to be honest, either. I mean, we talk about it being millions, but when you look at the stadium in terms of what we've got to do with the with the main stand and then the agent's fees, I mean, it doesn't go really a long way, to be honest. Uh, I think there's more to it, though, than just the money, isn't there? There's the exposure that we've received from the cup run, which will surely make us more appealing to certain players. Um, yeah, but and, and I dare say the the increase is more substantial than Hurst is letting on. It'd just be 
daft to say there's a load of um, there's a load of money behind there. I can't believe that we've gone through this whole conversation and we've talked about who want to improve and nobody's mentioned the goalkeeper again. It, it, it's it, he was at fault for the second goal again yesterday. I thought he was really flat-footed. It's a real position where we can make a. In terms, of, you talk about stats and xG. I'd be amazed if if Crocombe's if you can't sort of if you keep us a really good sort of xG um, positive that can't make a real difference to your league position. Maybe you can put some sort of meat on the bones for that for me, me a little bit. I think a tough thing where Crocombe is, especially because when I've grew up with only Maka being in goal, I could probably think of ten games that Maka won us, and apart from the um, playoff final. I can't remember a game that Crocombe has won us points. Like, single-handedly, you walk out the game and you go, he's he's completely saved us today. He's made X, Y and Z saves that have won us that game. And I feel like a keeper can get you 10, 10 good points a season, just as much as a striker can. And I think at both ends of the pitch, that's where we're lacking a little bit. Played devil's advocate a little bit. I thought he won us the points on Tuesday night. He made two really good saves. And I thought he made a few good saves at Stockport earlier in the season. But you're absolutely... I mean, McEwen, I mean, the one that stands out is that win at Exeter around Christmas, isn't it? Or the, the FA Trophy final in 2013, where he's just outstanding, pulling off a series of world-class saves. But it, it, it really feels to me that if you get a... a if, we, if Hurst can somehow find a top goal scorer and a top goalkeeper, we'd have 25 more points. I, I really think it's as straightforward as that. The, the problem is finding it. 25, 25 might be a bit high. 25 might be a bit high. <laughs> but I get what you mean. Like, I'm 15, just having a look. 15. If we had 25 more points, I'm looking to see where it would put us. It's got to be high in the top three. <laughs> oh, this is going to... Oh, my maths is under pressure now. Uh, that was 80 We've got... points. We're second. <laughs> We'd be second. Okay, right. Maybe... maybe... Maybe, Get out of the way, Leighton Orient. <laughs> Maybe 15 then. Certainly 10 or 12. <laughs> Speaking of Leighton Orient and goalkeepers, they definitely have the best goalkeeper in the league. I like the idea that Sam thinks if you have a decent goalkeeper, you're basically halfway to safety already. That's it. It's sorted. A decent goalkeeper and a decent striker are the, the single biggest sort of points of difference they can make. Come on, Fred. I thought you'd want the Crawley keeper to sign. He's the, he's the man to sort it out. Did you see oh his my God, night speaking about it? To Dom Telford, where he touches it down on his toe end from about a 70-yard kick. Really good goal, by the way, at Hartlepool. Uh, the Grimsby Way says, according to FOTMOB, Max has the 20th best save percentage in the league. I assume there have been... Uh, Andrew, have you got anything to back that up? Because that's... Uh, I mean, I'm coming around to Sam's way of thinking. That I've, I've seen him make a couple of decent saves the last couple of weeks. I'm saying it's one position. I'm not going to say I'm the best to talk about. But, um, um, I mean, just looking at it here, it's 66% save percentage. And um, so that's what, yeah, it is about 20th by the looks of things, yeah. That's gone up. He was, tw- he was 21st a few weeks ago. He's getting better. Let's get... <laughs> That's because someone retired. <laughs> no, but then you look at it, a Mansfield um, goalkeeper, sorry, I don't know his name, but he's 24th, so. Oh, dear. My word. It's not, it's not, it's we, not been the greatest of it. And we still only scored one goal against him. <laughs> two games. 
It's, it's terrible, isn't it? Andrew, are there any particular statistics that you've seen or, or plays you'd like to highlight that we might not necessarily have mentioned? And I don't know what your your views are on it and, and where it's extended to. Where where could Town make get sort of best bang for their buck in the new season? Yeah, it's a good one, actually. I've been looking at it since we, we talked about it. It's certainly something we need to look at, isn't it? Um, and I quite like Luke Manoy at Doncaster. Um, I'm not sure what his contract length is, but he's he's pretty good. Barrows, I mean, they've got probably Barrow is they've got some really good players in there, and um, I take Ben Whitefield, but you know they're on two three year contracts. Um, question, them, yes, isn't it? Um, and I think that that is the challenge, right? Because we've come, we came up unexpectedly in a way, and we haven't been able to to get into that. So this is the real this is the season really that you know, and we've. Where, whereby Paul has his first opportunity really to put his mark on this team in terms of what he's got. And there's a lot of expectations around it. I'd like to see some signings pretty early to help out. You know, I think we all probably want that in terms of to feel better about where we're going into. Um, uh, I'd have to have a put something together. There's a few random players that are around that I quite like, but they're mainly from the lower league thinking about how we, you know, we employ a bit of money ball, really. I quite like um, Ryan um, Hansen at Torquay. He's had a good. Um, he came out of Hull's Hull's program, uh, but they've just been relegated. So I'm not sure that's a good example. But um, Billy Chadwick on loan at Boston from Hull. Then yeah, um, there's a few kicking around there. Hasn't um, Yeovil's keeper massively overperformed his XG, or or is it someone else? Sorry, I I, I know a Yeovil fan, and she raves about him. Um, the um, the lad. Um, also, I mean, talking, I mean, saying that, but Jarvis was at Scunthorpe, wasn't he? And he scored, he scored a lot of goals this season. Oh, sign him, sign him, just just, just, just sign him because he was at Scunny, just to prove that we're better than him. That's all we should do. If we if we can't get the best players in, sign Scunny's best players. That's him. Any, probably... Anyone, anyone there, anyone with like you know the br- lightest a glimmer of hope, just buy him and put him on the bench, or loan him out to York. And, and if yeah. not, and if not, loan them out to Peterborough Sports or Boston. <laughs> uh, so Scunny finished lower in the National League North next season. I tell you what, Scunny, Scunny's tea lady does a nice cup of tea. We'll have her as well. We'll take, we'll take everybody. Yeah, they, they can keep Jimmy Dean. Oh, there was one player on my list, but I don't know if he's going to go now, considering Morgan's position. But he scored two goals at the weekend, and I thought Cole Stockton had fit in well. I. Had, I... Do you know what? I haven't heard that name for a long time. That's a blast, isn't it? I was thinking of Kevin Ellison for a second, and I thought that's where we were going. <laughs> he, he, was... must, he must be 437 now. He's been scoring goals against us for 25 years. He's 29. He still plays as well for City of Liverpool. Does he? Oh, we're going to get him in the cup, aren't we? No. No, we're getting no, we're getting no, no, we're getting Wrexham on the first day of the season. We're getting Wrexham in the cup. We're getting Wrexham in the playoffs. We're doomed to play them forever. Nobody else. A stat that I love from Andrew this season, by the way, because you mentioned um, Andrew's best stat for the season, which I think baffles me when other people talk about it on Twitter is the XG stat, because so many people who are a little bit more of an old-fashioned view of football, like a goal's a goal, you either score them or you don't, don't really understand it. And the fact we're like third or fourth highest in it of the season, but people say we play negative football baffles me. Because from watching all the games this season and being at all of them, 
I've watched it and I've gone. I, there's not many games where I thought we're playing negative football. Like we're we're not like people think we go out to just draw or go out to not win, which baffles me. And the fact that we've got the third or fourth highest XG, I think, just proves that we do go out to play football and we do create lots of chances. We just can't seem to put put in the onion bag. Do you know what I mean? We just can't seem to finish the chances off that we are creating. Which I don't I don't see how people can put that down to solely the manager. Don't you think that I agree with you, Fred? But don't you think that? there is something fundamentally conservative about the way Hurst sets his sides up in terms of not getting picked off on the counter-attack, making sure we don't get overrunning midfield, make sure there's nobody sort of spare around the box and so on. And as a result, that leads to kind of... My one small criticism would be, I think at Harrogate, I think at Hartlepool, I think in home games against sides like Orient and Newport where the game's been there for the taking and we've had the upper hand and we've just not had that kind of killer instinct to go for it. Or, conversely, is that to do with the fact the players aren't good enough and kind of it doesn't, it, Guardiola could be our manager and we won't be able to finish them off? I, sorry, I think, I think that's, more, that's nothing to do with, with decisions. That's, that's more to do with quality on the pitch. I think we talked about that earlier. But one, one way you can see, I, I agree about the, the negative stuff. I just fundamentally disagree that we're, we're negative. And you can see how often are our fullbacks in the in the six six yard box, right? Well, yeah. Glennon I, I, or Michi, they're they're up there with an attack. Now, if you're a negative manager, play negatively. Your fullback fullbacks are not that high up the pitch. So that's just that just demonstrates it to me. We're just we're not good enough to 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 score the amount of goals we should do, but we're just fundamentally not negative. We're not we're not very we're not very quick. I'm just trying to think. I think what we're missing is that exciting moment, that guttural moment that you have. That you know what one of my favourite sounds is football is when the player is through and you hear everyone in the stands go, go on, and then it goes silent and then it just bedlam. I can't remember the last time we had that. The last time I remember us doing that was probably, you know, um the um the the, the playoff final with McAtee. Um and I think that's what we're missing. So when people are talking about lack of entertainment, that guttural that guttural sort of um, emotional part of football, I think that's what we're missing. I don't think we're, you know, I can't remember us, you know, really going for it the other end. Does that make sense? That, that, that Maybe it's the speed. I just think we're a very slow-paced, you know, by-numbers team. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And that's what we were talking about earlier, about wingers and just the ability to knock it past a man and go for it. We're very sort of slow in our build-up at times. And, and it's, I think it's more to do with the quality on the ball and, been able to pick that right pass or beat that man. That's that's the issue we have in the final third for me. And I think if you improve that and get a little bit more direct and wide areas, it, it creates the space for the strikers to be scoring more goals. And I think that's key next year is being able to break away quick, go past a man and get a good ball into the box. Yeah, but, I, I agree with that as well. And you know earlier on what you said about how you fundamentally don't think we're negative? I couldn't agree more. When we played three at the back for the middle part of the season... A hell of a lot of people on Twitter was complaining because five of them are defenders, but it was always a three. The amount of times you'd see Josh Emmanuel being the furthest forward player or Glennon being the furthest forward player, or if Emmanuel had the ball, the person at the back stick was Glennon. And if he was a, def- he was a defensive-minded coach or if you wanted to play negative football, you wouldn't be telling your full-backs to go that high, which... I don't know, like you say. I think it's just lack of quality. With us putting them fullbacks forward, I think they've they've got two of the most quality out of the whole team. Like Glennon's ball, ball in with his left foot is 
unbelievably good sometimes. And I think that's why we use him forward so much. And we concede, I think this season more than ever, I've found out that we've con- we concede a lot of goals on the counter. Teams seem to give us the ball and let, of, let us have it. And then when we knock it round and lose it, they seem to instantly counter. And, and that's where the spaces open up behind our fullbacks. Just from what I think from watching the game, I could be wrong again because I am just watching it and not getting any stats behind it. But I feel like we get counter-attacked so much, especially at home, because we aren't excite- by exciting like we do just knock it round from left to right quite a lot of the time because teams are happy to just sit 10 players behind the ball. And know that we are good enough to break them down. That would definitely that would, not. I, I think would. it's. I think it's more to do with individual errors. Um, it, it, it let's look back through. It, it let's go back from. So Tranmere yesterday, second goals a, a daft foul by Emmanuel, and the keeper should do better. Second foul. Second game. Would second first goal were too deep, and it's a daft challenge by Gav. Goal against Mansfield. It's a error by Gallagher, and then by Crocombe. Uh, going back before that, um, we got done by a set piece against Walsall, haven't we? Um, and memory's going here, but I, I think it's at Hartlepool. Uh, the the, th- the second goal, it's a daft foul by Mishi, even though it's outside the box. So I, I think it's more individual errors that the than inherent issue about getting picked off on the counter attack. I think her sides generally don't get picked off on the counter attack as a general sort of rule. I agree with you on that as well. I think in the past. We, we've never been counted on the Hurst. But this year, especially at home, I think teams have, have realised we don't have the quality. So teams are happy to sit behind and say, come at us. And then the second they get the ball back, they do just go for it. And with the um, individual errors, at the start of the season, I can remember seeing a stat like 15 games in, we had the double most errors leading to goals than the second highest team in the league, which is... Just ridiculous. That's a real problem. And if you, if you can cut out even half of those, again, you're going to add a load of points to the total. So I keep coming back to this, that we're not far off, but we are clearly lacking in certain areas, and that's one of them. Definitely. I think out wide is a massive part for us. Like, the biggest part where we're lacking, because if we can't get a good ball into the box... Because we do like playing it out wide and trying to, or giving a player one v one on the outside, or we'll have Glennon overlapping and we'll play it to him, so it's a two v one on the side. Like we just can't seem to get that killer ball, and I don't, I, I don't think Khan's the answer to that. But at the end of the day, the best players aren't always going to come to us, so we're going to have to take a chance on someone out wide. It'd be great to get others' um, thoughts on this as well. We're going to wrap up in a couple of minutes, so if um, if you've got any thoughts, it'd be great, Michael. Geordie Mariner, you've always got a different opinion, so it'd be great to get you on because we don't really want to just be, you know, mouthing the same stuff. If you think you've got something to counter on it, then then please do feel free to come on. And anybody else as well, it'll be great to, to get your thoughts on it. Um, I'm just trying to have a look through. Michael Yard, so Geordie Mariner said, why should we settle next season to try and get up the season after football is about winning? The owners have said similar, and a few of you have tonight already said we were promoted too soon. Next season will be a harder league. Worrying to see who, worrying to see who who sign who Hurst will sign personally. Jordan, you got any problems with the, the the players he signed before? What what are your concerns? I I understand absolutely some of the loan players we've we've brought in the past, but 
surely as a manager, he's probably got one of the best track records next to Buckley, doesn't he, in terms of the players he brings in into the club? Anyway, it'd be good to get your thoughts on it. Um, what, what have you, Mike, Sam? Is there anything else that we need to add? Uh, what, what, what was I gonna? Um, the season needs to end, doesn't it? Basically, we're all knackered. The players are knackered. We're knackered. Hurst knackered. We've said the same things over and over again. Uh, the manager said the same things over and over again, and it's not going to change until the summer. Um, we've basically had since the start of last season no break, and I think that's showing on everybody really. No indictment on anybody, just a kind of a statement of fact really. That and um, Mike O'Neill needs to go back because I can see that my Preston friend is now listening to the podcast. If you put your Preston friend who is listening, he has been an invisible man. Uh, <laughs> Nolan's in. Nolan, what are your thoughts from a, uh, across the water? Water. Sounds like you're in Hull, actually. In there. Who was that? Was that you, Mike? I fucking hate the whole accent, mate, honestly. Um, ours is not much better. I'm really sorry. Um, Nolan, what are your thoughts so far? Great to have you on. Uh, I just joined, so if you got any questions for me, I can happily answer. Oh, I don't know. Andrew, is there anything else you want to leave us with before we, we, let, we, we wrap up in terms of, from a, I guess, an analytical side of it? Yeah, I, 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 it'd be good to get everyone's point, um, idea or thoughts around um, something I put out earlier on in the season around uh, fouls drawn and fouls, because... You know, we are the highest team for fouls given and also least fouls drawn in the league. Uh, I was just touching on the, I think it was Freddie's point about errors, but I also, I know, is there an element of that into our game, really? I was, I was going to do a shit ref crack claxon because I think we've got an actual sound effect here. Oh, I know, turn that off. Is that your phone thing going off again? Yeah, that's my phone thing. finally come in. Uh, that was that was more abrupt than I thought. Have you got an idea of why that might be, Andrew? Because I thought that, you know, we've been a little bit more cynical of late uh, this season than we had been before. Oh, it's um, it would certainly be, I mean, in terms of the press that we have, you know, we're one of the higher teams in the press, so it could make sense in terms of that. And we're obviously trying to gain interceptions. But it just seems like, but statistically, I looked at the previous season, um, I appreciate it wasn't a great season, but um, in the League Two, but um, we were the, we were the highest for the, that, those statistics again in that time. I think we just get shit refs, shit refs, shit refs, and it's a you know it's a conspiracy against Grimsby Town. No, I think I, I think I think I think you are right there. I think it probably does have something to do with the press. Yeah, yeah, the bloody sun, um, <laughs> left wing media. <laughs> uh, Bob, here's the question to end it on: Do you think we'll keep Harry Clifton this summer? Yes, Absolutely. yes, <laughs> yes. Keep keep him where? What in a locked room? I'll let that one just die. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to think so, but I imagine there are some people looking at him. I will be very surprised if it all goes swimmingly this season. We'll keep everybody we want to. But my thing is, he, he turned down League One clubs last summer. Has he really advanced his career so much that he's yes, going he to? I've yeah. missed that. 
that he's going to that he's going to get a championship club coming for him. Sorry, well, there were rumours, weren't there, that Forest Green, it was Forest Green and Portsmouth tried to sign him. That, that, that those are the oh, Forest Green was the real noise around it. So, if a, if a, I know it's a long, long way from Scaffer or wherever his, wherever his mum lives, but the um, to go and um, but I, I don't see a Championship club coming. For, we've had this debate before, and I kind of got shot down for an anti Harry Clifton, um, anti Harry Clifton logic, but. Um, I I think he'll be here at the start of next season. I I honestly think if he was getting League One interest last season, um, maybe not for a first team role, but he's he's a young player that has done well in the National League and then has come up and done really well again in League Two. I would be surprised if there wasn't Championship club or top top league top end League One, bottom end Championship club that thought we might take a risk. Let's sign this young player from Grimsby, send Some him back out on loan. And and just see if he's going to develop. And I I would be surprised if if that wasn't at least something happening in the summer. Whether he goes or not is another matter. But I would be shocked if there wasn't interest in him. Because if there isn't interest in him, then people are doing their jobs wrong. Because he's a cracking young player that has consistently performed over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Wednesday's the rumour that keeps that won't go away, isn't it? I've heard several people mention that sort of at games or on social media. I think he's a low-level League One player, but I don't think he's going to get an offer from any any club in that division at this stage in the, of his career. He's just not shown enough current ability to be a League One like level talent at this stage. It'll be interesting to see what happens to him. Um, uh, this is your five-minute warning. If you've got anything you'd like to add, please do come in, speak, um, offer your thoughts on anything. Happy to, to have you on and, and listen to it, but... Um, we're going to wrap it up in a second. Um, in terms of the, the the teams coming up, Wrexham obviously promoted, uh, Forest Green are relegated. Where do you think the challenges are at the top end of League Two next season? Wrexham. Okay, apart from Wrexham, anybody else? Stockport, if they don't go up. Yeah, I think Stockport are going to be... I think Stockport will go up. They better do, because I've got 30 quid on them going up from last season. Um, and then um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them, really. Um, you better yeah. ask, you're better off asking that question, aren't you, when, when the playoffs are over? Because, say, Bradford go up, then... Say Bradford go up, but Carlisle and Stevenage stay down. You'd think you've got a better chance to compete against those two. But if you've still got Bradford, Stockport, and then throw in Wrexham, Gillingham, Notts County to compete with, that'll all of a sudden make the, the league a lot harder. Where the fuck's Gillingham come from? Because they threw they, they threw a load of money at it in January, didn't they? Everybody got... throws lots of money at it. There's, you know, there's teams down the bottom that throw lots of money at it. It doesn't mean they're going to do well, mate. They got, I thought Gillingham. They've got, they've got, they've got the second highest points total of any side in 2023, haven't they? They've got the best home record of anybody in 2023 um, in League Two, so I think they'll be, I think they'll be competitive next season. I'm with Sam on that one. Yeah, maybe, but I think if you're talking top three, I, I, I think I think they've got a lot to prove to do that. But all right, we'll see. Well, I'm normally wrong, so just me saying these things probably bring sort of anti-manifests them in, out of existence. You're going to be right one day, Sam. Do you reckon? Not sure now. 
I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to next season in terms of what's going to happen. And that, where do we want to go for away games, and where do you think we're going to focus on? Clee, obviously, are we going to Ibiza? Yeah, are you just going to go to Blundell Park? Well, Sam, some of us are lucky not to have children, so you know it's easier for some than others to to get there, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, some of our working week extends on Thursday as well, mate. I, I'm still I'm still at work on Friday. You're at work, but work in attendance does not mean working, does it? I was busy. I was busy at work this. Uh, oh, this is ridiculous! The, the smear campaign from the left wing media again. I invited Wacker to speak, and he did. He's left. Oh, come on, Wacker. Oh, oh. I wanted some more juicy gossip. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, well, on that on that disappointing note, to have, you know, the uh, the, the rumour mill of Blundell Park, and, you know, not a massive fan of myself and the rest of the podcast, it's a shame he doesn't want to come on and chat. Which is Mate, I'm not a massive fan of you, to be fair. Well, you know me. Um <laughs> Uh, that's, that's a huge shame. A huge he, shame. He's a twat, but he's our twat. That's the. <laughs> oh, are you talking about me? <laughs> so Sam was doling out the abuse to the listeners. <laughs> yeah, bl- blame everybody else. <laughs> to win friends and influence people, mate. Well done. <laughs> he's he's go, he's doing the Dominic Raab um, <laughs> management scheme. <laughs> uh, and with that. Uh, sad note of uh, you know cabinet minister leaving. Uh, we'll we'll leave it there. I'm, I'll just give you a couple of seconds if anybody wants to put anything else in. It's been good to do this. We should probably do this once a month. Yeah. Oh, good. I mean, that go. sounds a lot like the WhatsApp group when I ask, <laughs> "Is anyone free at eight for the podcast?" <laughs> Actually, I think I think I think that was a lot more. A lot more interaction than the WhatsApp group, mate. and it's and it's only me and Mike who respond. Yeah, that's about right. That <laughs> it's like it's like trying to get people to do five aside. <laughs> you know that joke when you hear of um, who's the guy in the red t-shirt? Tom Scott. I'm in the Antarctic. I'm up a bridge. I'm in Hull. <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, we'll put this out on the podcast. Uh, and hopefully no, no, uh, normal service will be resumed. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us. Thank you, Nolan. Thank you, Fred. Uh, thank you, Taylor, as well. And thank you for everyone else for listening. Uh, please do, if we do one of these again, do do throw yourselves in, because it's better than listening to us yabber on. And uh, we shall see you all uh, next week. Bye. Thanks. Bye.